Is it possible that dreams are not the only way that God can communicate with us? In fact, is it possible that our dreams could be so much more? Can God use us while we sleep? I mean, can he take our spirit that lives inside of us and use us to get stuff done while the rest of us slumber? Well, that's the question we're going to talk about tonight because this whole month we've been talking about traveling in the spirit and tonight we're going to address when it's more than a dream. And then I have Mitzi and Scott Hanna. They are awesome and they have had dreams that are seriously going to make you wonder, was it a dream or was it real? So Scott and Mitzi, thank you so much for coming on Touch by Prayer and sharing your stories. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having us. How you doing? Very good. Okay, so you guys are calling in. You guys are actually on the road. So I thank you guys for taking some time out to um, to talk about it. And just to, to give you guys that are listening just a little bit of a background, God is so funny. So, so I've been like talking about this whole traveling in the spirit kind of thing. And when we went to go and see Praying Medic when he was going to be on Sid Roth, well, I didn't get there at the the same time as everybody else and so I was at I was seated at the table with with Scott and Mitzi not knowing not knowing that the exact topic that I had such a passion about finding out that that these two amazing people were sitting right in front of me (laughs) and God just placed them right there so we could have this incredible conversation and and form a friendship over some ribs so So Scott, now when when you and I met, you started to to share some stories about your dreams. Would would you mind talk talking about like how God has kind of used some of your dreams to um well how he's used you in some of your dreams? Well, uh when we, when we met at the restaurant, I didn't know that you were like Lisa Turner. You know, like you were like really important. Oh, I'm not important. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so we were just talking, you know, we were just talking, you know, right there at the dinner table. But, uh, uh, you know, God started uh, showing, I mean, he started uh, make. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, I started having experiences while I was asleep. And uh, I started talking back and forth with David Hayes and just asking him questions like, how can this be, you know? And uh, I had uh, listened to other people talk through the years about having experiences in dreams. And I always wondered, is that really possible? And, uh, so, uh, my first encounter was, uh, I went to sleep one night and I was taken off in the spirit and I ended up in Southeast Asia somewhere. And, uh, I was working on a piece of machinery that I knew about. I mean, I actually knew how to use the machine and, uh. I was in a, you know, uh, a clearing in the jungle and this machine was being run off generators and, uh, 
I was loading the machine, and there was lots of workers out there, and they were talking to me, and they were talking to me, and and I'm I'm just going to say, okay, like Vietnamese, okay, I I don't know what that is, but I was communicating, and they were communicating back to me. I was telling them what to do, and they they were, you know, we were just having a, uh, we, we all knew what to do, and while I was running this piece of machinery, a a piece in the machine flew out and it hit me in the hand. And while I was there, I screamed out loud uh, because of the pain. And as soon as uh, the pain is what woke me up, and I woke up in the bed and I was holding onto my hand, and the the pain was so bad that I got out of bed and I went into the bathroom, turned on the light, and then my thumb was all cocked over and it was knocked out of joint and I had had some tendon damage. And uh, during that time, uh, it was transitioned between work and uh, I didn't have insurance. And so it's like I couldn't go to the bathroom and my thumb was all messed up and so for several months I fought it and uh, so finally one day I, I messaged David Hayes you know I said look here's what happened and he started asking me questions and he said you know do you want me to pray about it and I said of course <laughs> I, I just need some help because my hand doesn't work now and uh, he prayed and it wasn't a uh, it was it was a healing, okay, which takes place over several weeks. Uh, it, it started healing the day after he he prayed for me, and slowly through the weeks, my my hand started healing, and uh, but that was probably the most frightening traveling in the spirit experience I've had. (laughs) Well, now, okay, so you had this experience that in your dream, you actually got, you you had something that physically happened in the natural that actually happened what you thought was in a dream, but it actually was that your spirit actually left and, and, and did whatever it needed to do, fix this, I guess it was a generator or some sort of machine that you got. Go ahead. No, it was a metal lathe, and uh, it was a World War, it was a post World War II metal lathe. I, I knew what kind of machine it was. Okay. But uh, but the thing that that the thing that confused me was not only did I travel in the spirit, but it was physical too. Wow. And I and I I got injured physically. Traveling in the spirit, and then when I woke up, I had the same injury. So that's when that's when that dream is like, okay, that wasn't a dream. <laughs> that right. was that was beyond a dream. Now, can I ask you, Scott? Was this something that you that had happened to you like throughout your life, and it just intensified, or is it, or or did something happen that started to make this occur? Uh, well, no, I, I didn't experience this 
uh, in my life or anything like that. Uh, when Mitzi and I uh, got married, we were both seeking God beyond what is taught in, in the church. Okay, we, we knew that there was more to God than just what was taught in the church. And so we, together, we just started seeking out God more and more. We started being in prayer together more and more. And uh, it just became, we knew there was more. I, I, I don't know if I'm explaining it. Uh, no, no, you're explaining uh, it perfect. Because I think that's the thing. There's something inside of us that says, no, there's more. No, there's more. And it's almost like a knowing that we just know that there's more. Because I, I think even the disciples, I think that they, they knew that there was so much more. That's why they just, they continued following. They continued listening. They they, they sat. I mean, and if you even think of um, Martha and Mary, you know, Martha was busy doing, but Mary sat because she knew there was more. So she sat at Jesus's feet because she knew there was more. And I think that's something that the, the, that the Lord kind of places inside of us. And it's almost like a, I, I almost want to say it's like a yearning that there's something inside of us that says, well, nope, there's more than this. There's more. And so we be, become desirous of the more. So I think what you're saying well, makes a lot of sense. Right. Uh, well, after, you know, we had been married for a couple of years and, uh, Missy and I, and uh, we started seeking uh, just more of God, and we started going to anything and everything that was outside of the normal church. And I think what happened that was significant in in uh, our pursuit of God was one day that I can remember. Both of us had an experience the same day, and I was at work, she was at work, and at the same time, the same day, God spoke to each of us at work and told us to take off our shoes uh, during work hours, and we got on our knees, and God said, this is holy ground. And I realized, I, I sat there that day and realized that holy ground is where God is at right at that moment. And we came home from work and both of us were looking at each other like, you don't believe what happened today. And, you know, both at the same time. And we both experienced the same thing at the same time the same day. Wow. So Mitzi, what, how, how, mm -hmm. how, okay. So where were you working? I must ask, <laughs> where were you working that you well, were able to kick off those shoes and, and start <laughs> worshiping God? I mean, I'd do it. If I was told do it, I'd do it. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I worked for a law firm and I had been there for a very long time. Um, and we had a routine of, uh, we called it a closed file room, where there were just tons and tons of files that were closed. But sometimes the case would become active again, and or we would have to go in there and file things. 
And it was a tour everybody hated um, because it was difficult with heavy boxes and heavy files and to just do all that task. But as I became closer to God, I realized that was like a, a good place for me to pray during work and just sing and worship Him. And um, I was back in there working, and I heard, um, I believe the Holy Spirit say to me, take off your shoes. And I was thinking, take off my shoes? Why would I have to take off my shoes? But I knew it was Him, and I took off my shoes, and He said, you're standing on holy ground. And He also told us we could ask for something. Um, He told Scott that, and He also told me. And uh, we were just getting ready to go on the trip with Darren Wilson to film Holy Ghost in Brazil. And as we signed up for that, things began to just open up. God just really opened up to us. Um, We were really stepping out in faith. It was a big, big step for us. And God really noticed it, and He honored us through that. So that um, was one of the first things that happened. Uh, as we were signing up for that trip. Well, I think that God's always going to, you know, he's going to sanctify us before we step into something new. So Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. I think that that was kind of like a, a, because, well, if you think about it, before Moses got the orders to go and take the people out of Egypt, he was told to, oh, this is so good. He was told to remove his (laughs) shoes. So That's and right. and so he stood on this holy ground, which sanctified him, which made him almost mm. holy because he was standing in the presence of the Lord. And, it, and you can't be in the presence of the Lord and not be sanctified. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, so that experience, um, it was much a bit more difficult for Scott because, you know, a woman with dress shoes, I could kick my shoes oh, off yeah. easy. Yeah. And I was in a, in a room by myself. But um, for him, he, you know, he had big work boots on and he was in a small area where other guys had stepped out of the room. And so it was, it was really challenging for him. So he had to bend down and unlace your boots, Scott? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that that was different. I mean, that was a tight city welder and steel worker. (laughs) And so I was standing right in the middle of the shop. And I was I was just pacing the floor praying, and I said, God, what do what do you want from this tonight? What do you want from us? You know, and all these, you know, we're talking brawny guys like we even see in the old black and white pictures of uh, iron workers. You know, I mean, it's it's not the kind of place that you would lay a Bible down, right? You know, in the atmosphere. And uh, I was standing in the middle of the shop, and God said, take your shoes off, take your boots off. And uh, I looked around, and all these guys were right across the room in the in the lunch room with the door over the big window. And I was so hungry for God. Something shot through me and, and inside of me, inside of my heart. And I said, I don't care. I just don't care if they see me. And uh, I took my boots off, and he said, get down on your knees. And I got down on my knees, and he said, uh, ask me. And I said, ask you what? You know, and I could hear him clear. <laughs> right. And he said, ask me, ask me. And so I asked him, 
uh, a couple things that were dear on my heart. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, it just went silent. I couldn't hear him anymore. And so I got up and I got my boots on. And as soon as I got my boots on, all of a sudden, all the guys started piling into the workshop. And so I just acted like normal, you know, just going about my day. And right. I, and I took a couple, couple steps across the room and this hole opened up in the middle of the shop and water started pouring down in the shop on the floor. And it was just as real as, I mean, if, it, if you were to pour a bucket of water right now in the middle of the floor in front of me, that's what it was like. And I looked up, and about eight, eight foot above the floor, there was a hole in the air, and water was gushing down all over the floor. And it's, it's, it was just more than I could handle, <laughs> you know, in just one day. And, uh, so I, I think what was happening was God was opening him up to the spirit realm to be able to see in the spirit realm. Yeah, I was going to say the floodgates opened. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> wow. So, okay, so let me let me just ask you, like, Mitzi, I know that, like, Scott has had some dreams that he has actually had physical evidence that he, something that happened in the dream when he came out of the dream or the the the, mm-hmm. the transference, I guess, of his spirit that he had it like visible evidence. Has that also happened to you? No, not not exactly the same way with him. Um, the one that I talked about when we were um, at the Sid Roth show, um, the dream started out, or, or however it, it is, it's hard to even use the word dream, but I guess that's the best way to describe it. I just was there in the Middle East, and I was on top of a rooftop, and I was throwing down Bibles in the dark of the night as quietly as possible to women, um, Middle Eastern women dressed in their burqas, and they would grab the Bible from, I felt like I was on a maybe a two-story roof, and they would grab the Bibles and hide it under the burqas, and they would sh- shuffle away, and I could hear their footsteps sliding on like cobblestone. And I could see lights just dimly along the way, but it was really dark and it was a real um, quiet experience because everything was in secret because they were afraid of getting caught with the Bible. And um, I looked at myself and I was dressed in a burqa and I just kind of smiled because I thought, look at me, you know, and I was so excited about passing down the Bible. But then I got to the last one and I told they were like, three or four ladies on the rooftop with me, and I said, we need more. And she said, that's the last one. We have to go. We have to hurry. So I leaned down to throw that one down, and then I watched as the ladies made their way down a staircase, and as I headed that direction, I hit the bed um, real hard. And that's what woke me up. And I threw, I felt like I had one more Bible in my hand, and I threw it. And um, I just, it was so real because I, I felt like I hit the bed so hard. Wow. And um, so that's the only um, experience of having something in the natural for me. But you guys have, well, like, that, dreams, like some serious dreams, <laughs> like your dreams. Like, well, we, we have a lot. We do have a lot of dreams. We really do. And um, well, but, God opened. Go ahead, Scott. No, I am just getting ready to say, the, I was already awake. When Missy was uh, uh, had this 
experience of throwing the Bibles, I had already woke up and I was sitting in my desk chair at the end of the bed. And I turned around and she was coming down on the bed. And when she came down on the bed, she opened her eyes and I looked at her because the bed is bouncing. And I say, what did, what just happened? And she said, I was throwing Bibles. I was throwing Bibles to all these women. And so I, I caught the end of it, you know, as she came back from it. And I know that sounds really out there, but I, I actually. <laughs> it does sound out there. Oh, my but but I think but I think it's it is important. difficult to explain to. Yeah, but I think it's also important to share because I like you know mm-hmm. for for me to, you know, the Lord said to me back in September, you know, it was right before David was going to get you know release his book Traveling in the Spirit. He was working on it and it was it was coming into, you know, into fruition. I think it was like in the editor, and I think um, he was just about to release it, and I said. And I heard the Lord say to me, he says, I want you to do an entire month about traveling in spirit. Mm. He did. He said, I want you to do an entire month. And I was like, okay. So I had to, I I, had to move people too, because, and and the Lord told me he wanted, you know, Mitzi and he said, I want Mitzi and Scott to come on. I said, okay. Wow. Oh yeah. No. That's awesome. Well, you know, he started to show me who should be on. And it was, I knew that Mm. you guys were going to be on. Like there, because I saw you. Wow, that's amazing. Well, because I think mm-hmm. that like some of the stuff you guys have experienced, there are other people mm-hmm. who have had similar, not identical, but similar experiences. Mm-hmm. I just had an experience um, last week. I was um, this. This was interesting because in the other um, dream, it was like I was just already in the middle of something happening. But this time, it was like, it's going to sound funny, but it was like I, I fell through a roof into a room. I don't know how to explain it, except I just materialized through a roof into a hallway, a corridor, and I was surrounded by Middle Eastern men, and they said, we've been waiting for you. And they, they escorted me to a room down a hallway. And I had my Bible real close against my heart, uh, you know, holding it real tight. And I felt completely confident, like I was, I knew exactly what I was doing, but I wasn't thinking at all. I just was following these men, and they were all around me like they were bodyguards. And they took me into a room, and when I got into the room, it wasn't a very large room. It was like a, I don't know how to explain the size, but it was a very large, and there were about 30 people in there, and they were Muslims kneeling to the floor with their heads against the floor like in prayer, and like um, Muslims do, and I looked at them, and I said, get up, get up, get up. I said, we don't have any time to waste, and they all started peeking around to me um, from the floor, and I thought it was men and women when they were just bent over. I couldn't tell, but when they started looking at me, and they looked real afraid and kind of nervous, and they showed me, they said, we've been hiding like this. They think we're praying, but we're reading the Bible, (laughs) and they pulled their Bibles up, and they said, look, we have them. They said, are you here to teach us? And I said, I am. I said, you know, it's a wonderful day. We're all together. I'm going to teach you. 
And I instantly knew I was supposed to teach them every scripture about light. And I knew where every scripture about light was. And so we just, I just turned to those pages and I just read those verses. And when they would ask me questions, I would tell them. And um, they were just, they were so hungry and they were so, it was just, uh, it was so filled with the Holy Spirit, that moment when you know the Holy Spirit's just doing it. And um, so I did that and time was going by to where it was before dawn. It was still dark out and the bodyguards or whoever they were, they said, you have to go and the people have to go. And so they started going down one way and I started walking with them another way. And then I woke up. Wow. And that's all there was to it. Yeah. Well, I think that when we when we have certain dreams, I think that we can kind of tell the difference when it like is mm-hmm. truly a dream versus, wait a second, I don't think that was a dream. I think that I did some traveling mm-hmm. because like for me, there have there are certain dreams that are so so real. They're just so real. That and like you just remember every little bit of it. Like there's nothing that mm-hmm. just kind of fades away. So it's almost like it's just it's imp- it's almost like uh, imprinted, like in your memory. So you can actually recall it even even if it's been years and years and years. So like I sometimes think about like some of those experiences because like I I've had a couple of dreams where I have gone to heaven. And in my dreams, and that, but mm. it was so real. It was so real, and it was, and it was very interesting because <laughs> this this one part of of the dream, I was going to. There was like this little teeny tiny. It looked kind of like a, a lake, and it had this waterfall. And I was like, I'm going instead of swimming across it, I'm going to bounce on it. And so because I I had the joy, <laughs> I was able to bounce on top of the water. But once I crossed over the water. I walked into this bathroom, into this beautiful bathroom, and there was a sink, and I, I knew that we all needed to clean up. And I wasn't alone. I had people with me, but I knew that I was supposed to clean up. And it was like, but there were certain, there were certain things in the stream that were very, very interesting because if you if you go back scripturally like there was a part I had to bend my head because there was a piece of wood and I would have hit my head so I had to bend so that was like the humbleness Mm -hmm. but there was but there were things about Mm. the dream that were just so important but right now there are a lot of people especially who are talking that Muslims are having God dreams they're having Jesus dreams mm-hmm. <laughs> now mm-hmm. it could make sense that you your spirit because you have such a heart especially for the Muslims that you want to go and teach them and you also have a teacher gifting inside of you so he's like great well while Mitzi's sleeping I'm just gonna take her spirit so she don't have to go get a visa <laughs> and I won't have to put her in physical danger <laughs> and she can go and do what I need her to do I mean well you know what's interesting to to me also was I worked for 20 years in immigration mm-hmm. and I spent a lot of time with Muslim people and they did come into our office and they would lay their prayer robes down and they would do their praying. And there were so many times I said, God, why am I here? Why did you put me in this position? But now when I do these dreams, I feel like I have my answer because my heart towards them is very open because I got to meet so many of them and know them personally and know they're just people. They're real people. And they have 
desires, and God is their God, too. So it's, it's really exciting for me. Well, and, and, you know, if you think about it, like, you know, some of the stuff that, like, Scott, didn't, I, and I, I don't know if this is right, but didn't you also have a dream where you had, you dreamt that you were trying to get over some sort of, like, a, 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 a I'm trying to think it was a wall, I think it was like a brick wall or a cement wall, that when you woke up, like, you actually had impressions <laughs> on your belly? Is that, is, is that true? Is that, was that you? No, that, that was that wasn't from me. <laughs> oh, that wasn't. But but uh, I have. Who did I hear that from? Somebody told me this. I, I think I think I've that. heard that story maybe by Ian Clayton. That they yeah, uh, possibly or, or uh, Mahoney. Uh, I forget his first name, but Grant Mahoney. Uh, Grant Mahoney or Ian Clayton. But Scott did have a very interesting one he should share about um, being in a garden in heaven. Ooh, yes. Let's talk about that one. <laughs> well, I, I don't. This is all strange talking about this uh, on air uh, because I mean I kept all these things to myself other than Missy, uh, and uh, but this was probably the strangest one. Um, I came home from work and I was laying down. I lay down for a little while before dinner, and uh, while I was asleep, God took me to a garden. And when I got to this garden, everything there it was more real than here on Earth. The plants, the trees, the grass, everything was. It was so vibrant, so real, and it's like. Uh, when you touch the plants, the plants were alive, and I don't mean like just growing. You can feel the plants, and they can feel you. Uh, it's like everything in the garden was connected to you. And uh, I walked through the garden, and there's this there's this plant with huge leaves, and uh, I walked out on it, and I lay down on one of the leaves and I just lay there and it was so incredible. The, the feelings, you know, it's like you could feel everything. You could feel everything around you. And I just laid down and I put my arms out and spread out across this big leaf of this, this plant. And then I felt, I heard this banging, like bang, 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 bang. And it woke me up, and I was laying in bed, and my hands were laid out on the bed just like it was in the garden. But this is the really strange part that people probably, you know, will have questions about. But I have a bedside fan right on my nightstand, and my when I looked over, my hand was inside the fan. It went. My hand was laying inside the shroud, the, the shroud that covers the fan, and the blades on the fan were hitting my fingers. And I jerked my hand out, and see, that that's where you go back into the spiritual, physical, how your physical body can pass through the physical. <laughs> and I know it sounds 
strange, but uh, you can't pass your hand through the fan, my fan that I had there. And so my hand was laying with the mesh going through my hand, but my fingers were touching the blades, and that's what woke me up. Wow. And so I'm trying, <laughs> in my own head, I'm trying to figure out how your body, your physical body can go into the spirit and pass through physical objects. Well, that's like Jesus did that. Like he just, he just basically mm-hmm. appeared to the disciples. And then if you, if you think about it, you know, there were times that like, you know, Peter just kind of went play. I mean, you know, the disciples did, the apostles did stuff that Jesus was able to do. Like, and, and I keep going back to the same scripture where, where Paul says, I know not whether I was in the spirit or in the flesh, whether, you know, whether it was a dream or, or what it was. I don't know what it was because there, I don't think we have like a, a grid to understand it. But I just feel like this is something because I, I think what's what I feel the Holy Spirit is saying is that traveling needs to become a little bit more efficient. And especially because of some of the the um, issues with planes and, you know, all the, the craziness, you know, people need to get from one place to the other. You know, we, we can't have to go through, you know, if we need to go in and do a missions trip. And we have to go and get a passport and a visa and we have to wait for all that. You know, when when we can just say, okay, daddy, just take me there. <laughs> let me just let me just go and then that's it. You're there. It's like, oh, there we go. You know, you don't have to pack. You don't have to bring anything. You know, you can go like for the day, hang out, do what you got to do and then come back. I mean, that's just more efficient. I mean, at least if you think about if you could plan things, wouldn't that be efficient? Wouldn't that be great? To just be able to get oh, to a place and just do what needs to be done and then come back? I believe that's how he has everything planned. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I'm the skeptic. Okay. Missy is the more uh, optimist, and I'm the skeptic. <laughs> and so when God deals with me, he deals with me in that way of, okay, I'm going to show you something. And uh, so when he shows me something, it's always in a physical way. Like, I'm, even though I'm in the spirit, I'm going to feel it. I'm going to experience it in the physical also. And uh, then I started to understand where the Bible scriptures, when they said that Jesus when the crowds pressed in around Jesus and, and, you know, they wanted to apprehend him, he walked through the crowd. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't talking about the crowd was parting and he was, he had a pathway. He walked through them. And all of a sudden, all these scriptures that I've read all my life are, are all of a sudden becoming a reality in in that I can understand them. And so it's been a really amazing experience. It's been an amazing journey. Well, I I think that God likes to expand your horizons, Scott. (laughs) I think he likes to kind of pull you out of your comfort zone and say, hey, let me just just show you this. (laughs) 
<laughs> because... Well, he he does that with me. Uh, like when um, you know, I I love Darren Wilson's uh, movies that he made, and I think he talked with Nikki about this um, when you interviewed her the last time. But when I was watching The Finger of God mm-hmm. about Gold Heat, and uh, I was going to work. And I, I was driving, and that is my prayer time, my talk to God time, is when I drove to work and drove back home. And I sat there, and, and I was having an argument with God, you know, uh-huh. and that's how, that's how I talk to God. I mean, I'd say, I'd say, God, this cannot happen. You cannot do this, you know. And uh, I, I was going to work, and I said, God, you know, I believe you can do anything. I know you can. But this gold piece, you know, people getting gold teeth, I do not. I just don't know why you would do it, and I think it's all made up, you know. <laughs> I think people are just doing this. And then uh, on my way home, I mean, I was at work, and I was getting ready to come home, and, and Missy called me, and she said, Scott, I need you to come home. And uh, I said, well, what's wrong? And she said, Scott, I have a gold teeth. And I just, almost dropped the phone <laughs> and I, I just looked up and I said, God, get it to me again. You know, I, I knew before I even went home that Nikki had a gold piece because of the conversation that I had with God the day before. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's the way God handles things with me is different than he does with other people. Right, right. And I, I think that but, you know, look, if if we're eager to see things, if we're eager to get truth, he's going to show us. He's going to, you know, explain to us. I mean, Jesus was very, he was very um, understanding with the disciples. Like, he would tell them things, but if they didn't get it, he would he would try to show it to them. You know, when, when they would marvel at the things that he did, he'd be like, guys, you can do this <laughs> and greater things are you going to do? So it's like, I guess what happens is that some of this supernatural stuff, especially like gold teeth and, you know, gemstones and gold dust and, uh, and feathers, you know, people can get so wrapped up in them. But when you're not looking for them, when you kind of like, there's something inside of you, Lord, is this real? You know, like he'll show you because at least that's, that's how he does things for me. Because I was asking him about the gold dust, like, Lord, I, 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 what is this whole gold dust thing, you know, and is it only certain people or what is it? And there have been so many times that gold dust has just happened. And, it, and it's funny because sometimes now, because when you start to, when you start to become, when you start to look for something, okay, when you start to search for something, it starts to make itself known. Like I, I can find hearts all over the place. Well, I also can start I can also find gold dust. So I also know when there are angels because I believe that the angels bring the gold dust. That's just my personal theory. I don't know if that's actually been like proven or or credited, but I'm just saying that's what I think. I think when there's angelic activity, that gold dust is present. So, but it was something that I, I wasn't searching for and I was kind of skeptical about it, but God has kind of shown me. And I think that's like what he did kind of with the gold tooth. He put it in such a place. He put it in Mitzi's mouth. So you couldn't, you couldn't deny it. You know, 
I think we lost Scott and Mitzi. We're going to try and get them back. So just kind of hold on to uh, to this. And, and I, I kind of feel like this is something that, you know, this show is, it's very interesting because, um, you know, this is something that is very different and, and people just don't quite understand how these things happen or, you know, are we supposed to do these things? But God is very good and he will definitely give us an opportunity to um, to work things out and to kind of stretch our imagination. And that's what I kind of felt about this this whole thing about traveling in the spirit. This is a, this is just a uh, a chance for for you guys to start to hear stories, for you to start to hear encounters, for you guys to get hungry, for you guys to ask God to hey here I am use me and you can use me when I sleep you know and I and I kind of shared this about Gloria Copeland. Gloria Copeland. You know, she's been used so many times while she sleeps. So, you know, there are all these different things that we can do and there are, we just have to, have to trust. So we're just getting Scott and Mitzi back. You know, I will just say that this is a first for Touch by Prayer. I don't think we've actually ever lost somebody during a show. So that's quite interesting. This is a first and we've lost two. So it's like, wow. <laughs> and I... So we'll we'll get Scott and Mitzi back on and see if um if we can get them to um um if we can you know see if we can connect them again. But um but I think that this is going to be very very um I think that there's going to be some some more things that are going to come on. Hey Mitzi, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Well, that was kind of crazy. I was just saying that was wasn't that, that was really strange. That was and did you hear the big boom? Uh, no, we was, just, everything just went silent for us. No, I heard a boom. It was like a pop. So Wow. Yeah. So, Scott, are you guys, I was going to say, are you guys in the same room? Because maybe you guys should separate. Uh, no, he was outside and I was in a totally different. Oh, okay. I was going to say, maybe, him. maybe maybe there was a spontaneous combustion <laughs> of energies. <laughs> okay. No, that was strange. Okay. okay, did we get Scott back on the phone? Okay. okay, Scott, there we go. So um, I, I was just, yeah, I was just saying to uh, to our listeners that this is like a touch by prayer first. I've never actually <laughs> lost. I've never lost somebody on the phone. Let, let alone two. Two for the price. Yeah, that was really strange. <laughs> it just went totally silent. And mm -hmm. then I went and found him and I, I thought maybe he was still on. So that was interesting. No, no, everybody was gone. I was like, uh-oh. So, but... um. But anyway, I do have one more um, um, story to share Absolutely. with you. Absolutely, and I, um, I'm hoping this one. Uh -huh. No, I'm hoping there's more than one. But go ahead. <laughs> well, um, I haven't had many more experiences of traveling in my sleep. I think I've had some, but they, those two that I shared were just very strong, and to me, no doubt at all. I think there's been plenty more, but those were the two main ones. But I had an experience. Um, one time while I was praying, and it's so funny how this happened. Um, I had 10 minutes before I had to leave for a funeral. A, a neighbor had died, and I had been doing this scheduled prayer time with God. And so what I did was I got on my knees, my little prayer area, and I said, God, I only have 10 minutes. And then when I get back from this funeral, I said, we'll just go ahead and have our prayer time then. But immediately, instead of me 
praying about anything, he took me in my spirit. And at that moment, though, exactly like Paul said, I would not have known if I was in my spirit or body. But he he took me, and the first thing I remembered was I was seated in a chair. And it was a dark room, and I looked around, and I saw men in hospital beds, and it was a war hospital room. And I looked to my right, and Jesus was standing behind me, and he had his hand on my shoulder. And I looked closer at the man that was laying in the bed, and I could see he was badly wounded, and his head was bandaged a whole lot. And and then I looked at my clothes, and I had like a nurse's uniform on. And I looked at Jesus, and I said, Jesus, I said, what do you want me to do? I said, do you want me to pray for him to die peacefully? And he just laughed at me so hard. And he said, Missy, no. He said, I want you to pray for him to live. And I was like, oh, got this, okay. So I reached out, and I, I grabbed the man's hand, and I prayed for him. But, but what happened then also was really interesting. I was overcome with compassion, and I just started weeping. And I cried this deep cry that I've never done in my life. Okay, so I go through this experience, and a period of time goes by. It felt like 15, 20 minutes at this time lasted and then he actually took me some other places and then I was aware that I was back home in my um, prayer spot and I had been just crying 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 so much and uh, then I could I knew I was back it's so hard to have the terminology for all this but I was back but then when I opened my eyes, and this this is kind of strange too, Jesus was sitting in front of me. Uh, but it wasn't like person to person. It was more like he was just real white. He was like in spirit. But it was him, and he he said, hold my hands. And so I reached out, and I was holding his hands, and he said, I want to give you more of my love. And I, I said, Jesus, I said, please don't give me more of your Love, I said, I have so much compassion in my heart. I said, and it hurts so much because I don't know how to help people. I just don't know how to help them. You know, I'm not very good at healing. And I just kind of went through that. And he started laughing again. Uh, but this time he didn't laugh real hard. He just grinned and, and smiled and laughed a little. And he said, Missy, he said, I'm going to give you more of my love. He said, because what happens is when you love people, it burns the darkness out, and I can come in. He said, I'll do everything. You just love them. And I was like, oh, this makes perfect sense. And so he just sat there, like, holding my hands for a few minutes, and then the vision him was gone. And I was just overwhelmed. I was like, wow, I just had this huge major experience. I didn't ask for it or anything. I just said, God, we have 10 minutes to pray. I'll be back after a while. And then I said, oh, I have probably totally missed this funeral because it felt like I'd been gone a long time. And I looked at the clock, and the clock had not moved wow. at all. Wow. Never moved. Wow. See, and that's because uh, time, he, he, he doesn't operate in our time. He, no. God operates mm-hmm. outside of time. And we have to start to understand that because I also, I've been praying about this because I am, 
let's see, I'll, I'll put this without trying to put any kind of curses on myself that I, <laughs> I am, um, I, I have, <laughs> I am, uh, time, I have time issues. We'll put it that way. <laughs> I have time. I am, I am challenged by punctuality. <laughs> so yes so that is and i've been asking for the lord i'm like lord like you can move me from point a to point b and because like you know you you think you're leaving on you know on time but then there's like traffic because you don't take into account that there's traffic and so then you realize oh i forgot to go get my dunkin donuts coffee wait uh, i gotta go get my (laughs) donuts coffee and so you know and i've heard just recently i have a very very good friend of mine who has been praying about time and she's been getting time given back to her in fact there have been a couple of people i've spoken to just recently so i was like hmm and the other thing that just happened is um, I started to find pennies. All of a sudden, I just started finding, all of a sudden, like pennies were just kind of just in my path. And I was, so I think I passed a couple of them. I didn't pick them up. And when it came to like the third time I saw a penny, I'm like, well, that's weird. That's another penny I found. And then I heard the Lord say, are you going to pick it up? And I was like, okay. He's like, if I could trust you with the small, I'll give you the large. I was like, <laughs> Oh, if we're talking money, I'm picking that penny up. <laughs> I'm picking that penny up. And I think that, like, if we if we go back, because, you know, Scott, you're so obedient. Like, whatever God tells you to do. If he said, like, Scott, listen, I love you. And just because I love you so much, I want you to do something for me. I want you just to jump on one foot for the next two hours. You'd do it. Like, Scott, you'd be like, it doesn't make sense, but okay. And you, you would so do. Now you would do it. You are extremely obedient. You, you will do whatever the Lord tells you to do. Even if it doesn't make sense, you'll be like, all right, all right, I'll, I'll do it because you have such a heart for him. But, um, and yeah, I, I'll, I'll confirm that he does. I know he, he, he would actually do. God has um, told him to do things. And he'll come and tell me, and I'm like, "Are you sure?" And he's like, "Missy, we have to do this." I'm like, "Okay." Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> I mean, right. I have, but I'm I'm not saying that I, I'm I'm not nervous and not right. scared. Yeah. Uh, that that's what I meant by that. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just as nervous as the next person. Right, but you, you know, know, because I I want it to be real. Well, you know, look, but but that's the whole thing. I think that God is looking for obedience. I think that he's more after people who are so willing to just do what he asks without having to get 17, 18 confirmations. Look, I'll go for three. If I get three confirmations, I'm in. That's usually what it takes for Mm -hmm. me. Because like, you know, when God tells you to do something that's completely off the wall, you're like, I'm not doing that. And he's like, I want you to do that. And you're like, no, I'm not doing that. And he says, Lisa, I want you to do that. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, and that, and that's you too, but you, but you'll do it. And I think that like, you know, this whole, the whole thing about traveling in the spirit is it's that our spirit, we've given permission for our spirit to be free, to do whatever God has called us to do. We, we have taken any type of restrictions or any, um, any type of control that we have no, we have no control, but have given our control over to the Holy Spirit and we trust him. And I think that's, that's why some people really experience certain things while others are like, how come I'm not experiencing it? 
And I, I, exactly. I, I think that's really what it comes down to. And I just kind of want to go back to something, Scott, when you had that dream about being in heaven and being, um, being, uh, in, in the garden, um, yeah. there, there were a couple of months ago that you and I were kind of chatting back and forth and I had this vision and I saw you as a gardener. So as soon as you talked about, as soon as you talked about being in the garden, I immediately, the Holy Spirit brought back to memory. Do you remember you had, you, you told him about being the gardener? Uh, and, and so, yeah. and because I think that, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, and I think that what God is, is, is really just going to do is just going to, um, to start to, to not only to stretch your territory, but I also feel he's going to stretch your imagination. I think these are the two. certainly done that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because even though we both are having experiences, when I have one or he does, we both, you know, of course we share it with each other and then we both are just looking at each other like, what? You know, like when he, I was cooking dinner and he woke up and he came in and he had the strangest look. He looked so pale and everything. And I said, Scott, what is wrong? What happened? He goes, you're just not going to believe me. I said, well, tell me. He said, my hand was through the fan. Oh and I was like, what? And then he shared how it happened and everything. And so even though, we both are experiencing things. It's still like, wow, you know, there's more, there's more. But I also love the fact that it's not, that it's not easy to take right away. It's I just, know. you have to really just say, wow. But, but I, uh, but I so. It's, it's like, that. no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say what I love is that he's taking you through the experiences together. I think that, that is, is so, so very nice. Yes. Because you guys have a, you guys can go back to each other to kind of confirm. Well, when we uh, when we got married, uh, we both told God that uh, whatever he's going to do to confirm it with both of us. And, uh, and we did not want to have a relationship where one person goes one way and the other person goes the other way. And we wanted to uh, have confirmation on everything together and that's, that's one of the things that God has done for us. And uh-huh. even though we get mad at each other, we're happy with each other, we go through things together with all the kids and have our troubles just like everybody else, it's one thing that we do together, and that is ask God for confirmation before we do anything. And He has not laid us down. See. Yeah, he gives us both that he gives us both that peace together, and we'll even we'll lay like you know three uh, choices out on the table, and we'll discuss them. We'll go to sleep, and we'll both wake up and say, "Yep, this is it," and we both have the very same decision. Well, I thought it was kind of interesting when I I texted and I was like, "Hey, I want you to come on the show, and I want Scott to come too." <laughs> I was like, ooh, ooh, that's the, the, you know, Scott ready for this. But I just, I just really felt like this was, this was a time for Scott to kind of share some of his stuff because he's had such incredible experiences and, and there are even things that, that still he hasn't, has yet to share because I think that some of the stuff is still, how do you explain it? (laughs) But that's right. That's. 
for sure. Just the, the, just the three experiences that carry tonight, I, I, I couldn't even get into detail on explaining it because you don't, you can't explain it exactly how it happened. And also, that other thing that you're thinking is the people listening to the show is they're not going to believe this. You know, and so you got that, that hesitance of telling a little more than, than what you really do. You know, you don't know how far to, to explain things. You don't know how far to go. Mm-hmm. I think also um, a difference in a dream and traveling in the spirit is with a dream when you wake up you this is how I tend to do it I go well what color was that um what do I remember what are the pieces how do they fit together but when you have traveled somewhere in the spirit it's like a memory Mm. it's not like a dream when you wake up it's like a memory yes Mm -hmm. yes and I and I think it's it's interesting that like there's that what what our heart what our heart is really yearning for our what our heart wants to do that God is going to use us in the spirit to do like you're you know mm-hmm. that Mitzi he took you into these places to teach and 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 to give the Bible because you're you're so passionate about sharing the word of God you know and you no know, I, I have to mm-hmm. no go ahead what were you going to say well I have to say like um because both of my situations were very risky. Yeah. <laughs> in 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 another country, um, and they both were under um, the feeling of danger was lurking. And you know, it after the first one, I prayed and I was like, God, I'm trusting you to keep me safe in these encounters. And then when I had the second one, so I had all these bodyguards around me, and I felt very safe. And then again, I was like. Wow, you know, I'm. You're still. You're sending me to places that are could be dangerous. So there's still a feeling of really trusting God to do this. Well, I think um, that that's and that goes back to what I was saying before that when we take off the you know we take off the leash, <laughs> we go here you go. I'm not gonna hold yeah. myself back. You know, I'm uh-huh. gonna I'm going to trust you. Or it's like it, it, it's just like um I keep seeing. When, um, when a child is learning how to swim for the first time, okay, and they're holding on to the edge, and the, mm-hmm. and the parent is out in the pool, and they're going, come on, come on, that child has to let go of that edge or they're not going to swim. And that's, that's what right. we have to do. We have to let go of the edge. What is the edge? Well, it could be religion. It could, it could be. Mm-hmm. It could be false teachings. It could be. It could be that you've been hurt. There are different things that keep you on the ledge that and your hand. Think about a child. Their hands are like they're like grabbing onto that wall. Like it's they're, they're white knuckles. White knuckles. Exactly. Yeah. And when it comes to God yeah. experiences, I think that's what we do is where we want. We so want to swim. We so want to be with our father. Because he's right there and he's calling for us. Come on, come on, come on, come on. It's okay. Kick, paddle, let's go, come on. You know, <laughs> but we're like, no, because what if I drown? What if I can't make it? What if, what if, what if, what if? <laughs> but, what, 
But what we're mm-hmm. not thinking is that if there is trouble, our father will come to our rescue and scoop us up. Mm-hmm. That he's watching mm-hmm. us. So there is no danger because his eyes are fixed and focused on us. So all we have Absolutely. to do is just flip around and use our feet to push off of that wall and start, even if it's a doggy paddle, we start off small, <laughs> you know, and then, then you have the dads who start walking backwards, <laughs> you know, and the kid's trying to swim mm-hmm. and the father starts walking backwards <laughs> because they have confidence that that child can swim. They just want to mm-hmm. prove it to that child. And I just feel like that is just what God wants to do. He's saying, these are, these are some of the testimonies of the things that I've done. And these are the people who have said, okay, I'm kicking off of the wall and I'm going to start swimming to you because I know you're not going to let me drown. But if you hold on to the wall, so you're exciting. never going to swim. And you know, when a, a child loves their father, they trust him and they Absolutely. just go, okay, dad, I'm going to do it for you. And That's it's right. the same feeling with God. It's like, we love you so much and, and we want your will. We want to further, you know, your kingdom here on earth and, and however you need me. And he just is willing to take people that are, are willing and, and allow them to do those things for him. Now, I, I also have to ask, because this just kind of popped into my my head, have you guys been to the courtrooms? Yes, we have. I knew it. Mm-hmm. See, he always tells me. Okay. <laughs> so I believe that this is actually for Scott. Because Scott, I'm seeing the Lord is telling me that it was you who had a big courtroom experience. You don't have to go into details about what you were trying to fight for, but if you can just kind of share a gist of what kind of transpired. Well, I was, uh, I was facing a, a, uh, legal battle and, uh, where I was going to lose, uh, several hundred thousand dollars, and it, it was an unfair ruling by the court in in this you know in in our time. <laughs> in, in the natural uh, in, on her, here on earth, this was a natural, natural on right. earth problem. Right, and it was devastating, Missy and I. I mean, it was just crippling us financially, and there's. We went to three different lawyers, and every lawyer said, you cannot get out of this. And uh, and we just we couldn't believe it. I mean, every time we went to a, a lawyer, and they said, you can't be helped, uh, we would get, we would, somebody would say, hey, try this lawyer, you know, and we would go tell them, you know, ask them for help, and they said, there's nothing we could do. And... Uh, so we, we came home, and I just wanted to give up. You know, I just wanted to quit and uh, because you're sitting there working and working and working every day, and you can never get out from under a financial debt like that. And Missy said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to go in the courtroom. You know, and, and I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I said, well, why even bother? You know, I mean, that was, those were my words. And Missy, she just said, come on, we'll in the courtroom. And uh, so we went into our room and we went into the courtroom. And uh, Missy 
was uh, telling me what's going on. I mean, I could see in the spirit what was happening, but she was seeing the details. I couldn't see the details. And she said, okay, this is what the enemy has against you. And we went through the court system, and then she said, Jesus is taking the scroll of what is being brought against you in this court battle, and it's gone. He set it on fire, it's gone. And one week later, the whole financial issue, the whole court, uh, in, in in this time, I mean, in our in this reality, in, in, on <laughs> uh, the everything, earth, everything yep. everything was gone. It was it everything was, it was, was settled and solved in Scott's favor. Okay, so let let me and, let's just recap this. So you had an earthly battle where the court system was against you, and so you took right. it to the heavenly courts where it was overturned, right. and then a week later on the earthly courts it was gone. Yes, yeah. and we did not even have to step into a courtroom on Earth. That's amazing. See, that's... it was huge. It was huge. And... We were we were heading to Chicago, and I got a phone call, and we pulled off on the side of the road, and two minutes later, I was at three, and we just on the side of the road. I'm sorry, Scott, you're breaking up. Yeah, he's, I can't hear him. Um, so what happened was um, everything was settled. Um, it was an agreement that he was involved in that, that he had signed, uh, although it was um, false. Yeah, it was coercion, and he, yeah. He, and unfair, yeah. And so it was just amazing because since I worked in the legal field, I knew attorneys in three different states and judges, and everybody was like, "This, there's no way, there is just no way. And then with a phone call to, that came to us, we didn't make the phone call. Everything was finished. Wow. And we just, we just, yeah, that was amazing. Now, I've gone into the courtroom other times and have not had the same huge success, but that was really a big one that showed us how real the courtrooms of heaven are. And I think, and that's the whole thing, but if you didn't understand, if you didn't understand, if your spirit didn't understand, if you didn't have this teaching, if you didn't hear it from somebody, like mm -hmm. you guys would have just been like, well, I guess this is what we're going to have to do. And this is how we're going to have to live. And this is how we're going to have to suffer. And I, I think that, mm -hmm. you know, what's, what's so important is we have to start understanding who we are. We have to start understanding our authority. We have to stop letting like the, you know, the world tell us who we are and start telling the world who we are. <laughs> you know? That's right. And we need mm -hmm. to start We're not victims. No. We do have the authority. That's right. And we can change atmospheres. We don't like an atmosphere? We can change that atmosphere. That's that's who we right. are. But I think it, I I think your story about going to the courtroom is so powerful because it was something that could not be finished, could not be taken care of here on earth. But yeah, once it was taken to the heavenlies, once once Jesus got involved, once the courts overturned what had happened here within a week, 
Mm-hmm. Like that's that to me is pretty. That's pretty quick. It was really quick. <laughs> it was really quick. We had faith and we believed, but we didn't know by any means when. And I would have never thought it would be that fast and that swift and that easy. And there, the details are even fascinating, which we don't need to go into. But it was amazing, just amazing. And I think God sometimes really just wants us to know man is not who you need to look to. That's Come right. to me. That's Come right. to me. That's right. And I was going to every attorney and every judge. And God said, as soon as we went to him, everything changed. And that's the way that we're supposed to do it. If we can't find justice here on earth, then we have to go to our daddy, who is the king of justice. And you're right. He does do it through um, because he is a God of order. Mm-hmm. He does have systems set up. And you're right. People need to understand about that. And very few actually do. I just feel like um, the time right now is opening up for people to understand about traveling in the spirit, about your dreams and how God does talk to us in our dreams and about the courtrooms of heaven. There's so many things that we're all just learning about. And because Scott and I have had these experiences, we're not ahead of anybody by any means. I used to think that when I heard other people tell the stories, we're all in this together. And as um, we share our experiences and people hear those, then it gives them hope. Something rises up in their spirit. It gives them hope that these things are also going to happen for them because they are. Absolutely. And just, you know, for, for you guys who are listening, there is a new book by Praying Medic called Defeating Your Adversary in the Court of Heaven that you can actually get at amazon.com you can also go to prayingmedic.com so you guys can get that book there's also traveling in the spirit made simple by praying medic so that's another book if you would like to understand about traveling in the spirit and what it's like i mean well i'm i'm talking about literature that's going to help you because i think that that dave has such a a great way of just expressing like the things in, in such a simplistic way that anybody, anybody can do it. If you're a believer, you can do this. So I, and I, I just think that there are so many books out there about traveling in the spirit. Even Michael Finn Blyman just wrote a book about traveling in the spirit. So this is something, and uh, did, uh, what's his name? Mike, P, uh, what's his name? Peter? Uh, I can't think of his name. Do you know who I'm talking about? Not Peterson. No. Uh, <laughs> It's Mike, it's Mike, it's Mike. I can't think of his name. Anyway, um, he also is talking about traveling in the spirit. I mean, Ian Clayton is talking about Mike Parsons. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Mike Parsons. Mike Parsons, okay. Mike Parsons is, is talking about traveling in the spirit. Ian Clayton is talking about traveling in the spirit. These are people who are talking about it and because it is time. I truly believe that that this is not a coincidence if you guys are listening. It's because God is trying to tell you something, that there is something far above what you can see right here on earth. And God is just saying, if you give me, <laughs> if you give me a chance, if you open yourself up, I can show you many wondrous things. Amen. Yeah, that, I agree. Yeah. And so I just want to thank you guys. I know this was kind of a, a crazy, this was kind of crazy, this whole, the whole show. I mean, ha- losing you and then finding you again. You know, I should have <laughs> just had you guys travel here. It just would have been so much easier. 
That's coming. <laughs> it is coming. Yes, it definitely is coming. But thank you guys. Scott, thank you. You did awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm sorry if I was, uh, if anybody couldn't understand why. Oh, no, no, no. We, we, believe me, the important, we heard you. We heard you. There was only that one time that you kind of got muffled up, but that, but that's okay. That's why Mitzi's there. (laughs) But, (laughs) but thank you guys so much. And you guys, um, safe travels. And I know you guys are going to be visiting and doing some great things. I'm, I'm praying and keeping my fingers crossed that you guys are going to be coming to the East coast to come and see absolutely. me. Yeah. Cause we would love. Absolutely. Would, Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. I hope that you guys have, um, have been blessed by listening to Mitzi and Scott Hanna's testimony. I hope this, it really encourages you to start to, to get that hunger just to say, Lord, you know, I know that there's more, just show it to me because if you ask. He is such a good daddy. He will give it. So thank you guys for listening to Touch by Prayer. I hope you guys have a blessed evening. Just remember to go out and touch someone. Good night.